Hi, uh, my name's Mike. <laughs> I just got that name just right now. It's fantastic. I love it. I can't believe that you, this couple got married and you're here to, today. That's, a, that's dedication right there. My Lord. I would be holidaying somewhere, but that's me. Um, great to be here. I just want to say a massive thank you to Pastor Dexter and, and the Oikos family for having me here on your last service for 2019. And, uh, you know, it's always a privilege for me to go anywhere in any church community and actually share God's word. And so I've, uh, I've been in, in ministry and in the church for over 20 plus years now. And uh, I'm always amazed by what God's doing. Always amazed by what he's doing in his church, in communities all around our city, around the world. I've had the privilege of going to other countries like India and Uganda and seeing what God's doing over there. I've just recently been there this year with my daughter who's 16 and got to witness God do some incredible things. And God can do some amazing things if we'll just say yes. You don't need to have all the goods. How many of you know that? It's quiet in this church today. I need you to be loud because you're young and fresh. And even those of you who feel like you're a little bit senior in years, right now you are young. Okay? You're young. You're looking young. You're in a group of young people. So I just need some noise and a little bit of affirmation because that makes me feel better about myself. Um, but I, look, I, I, um, I started my Christian journey at uh, 17. I didn't believe in God. I didn't care about the church. I, didn't, I wasn't interested in anything to do with this sort of a community or this sort of space. But to me, it was, it was all fake and not real and all the rest of it. And when I was 17, my uncle, who was a bit of a sneaky Christian, he, um, he invited me along to something similar to this, just a little bit bigger, and a whole bunch of young people, your ages, uh, were all worshipping God like you were worshipping tonight, and I had just finished a big bout of drugs and alcohol and everything you can possibly put in your body, and I'd ran out of money and all the other stuff, and so I thought, well, my uncle tricked me and said, come to a youth concert, it was a church service. You know, it was a great trick. And um, I went along and um, in that service, I was right up the back. And um, like I said, I didn't know what I was looking for. I was just there because I thought maybe there's some money there or maybe there's some drugs there or maybe there's some girls there. It was just girls, but there was no money and drugs. And um, the girls weren't interested in me at that time, even though I had a beautiful mullet that was powerful. Um, that's it. See, some of you already feel the anointing. It's beautiful. So I was there, I was, I was, and I was out the back, and um, all these young people began to worship. And as they did, my body began to tremble under a weight and a power that I have never felt in my life. Now, for me, because of the lifestyle I lived, if it wasn't as real as the things I was putting in my body, I wouldn't believe in it. And I said, God, if you're really there, you better show up as real as those things that I'm engaging with, otherwise I'm not in. Now, I said that in my mind, even though I didn't really believe in him. But God has a way of getting hold of you, and he's constantly sending people along our paths to grab our attention. And for me... Um, that was it. And I, 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 I'm standing at the back and I'm trembling like a leaf and I can, I can feel this power or this presence on me. Remember, I've never been, uh, church to me was, no, I, God was not real to me. So, 
and I began to see my life. It was like looking at my life through someone else's eyes. And I saw all 17 years of my life and all the things I'd ever done flash in front of my eyes and I saw my own sin. So sin, for those of you who aren't sure what that word means, just, it just literally means missing the mark. It means missing God's, sin is missing the mark of what God intends for our life. And the reason God's got an issue with sin is because it gets in the way of our relationship with him. That's why he's so adamant about it. Because the whole reason that Jesus came is to restore relationship with, with God. And so I'm at the back and I saw this, my life, and I began to weep and weep and weep. And I'm trembling like I couldn't even mimic what was happening to you. And I heard a voice speak to me. And that voice said, I love you as you are, now come. And from that night till now, I said, Jesus, if this is you, if this love is really you, then I'm in. And so I'm saying that to you to let you know that it's been a journey for me and it's still a journey to continue following Jesus even now. And God is alive. Jesus is alive. I'm not sure if any believe that. I said, Jesus is alive, church. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive right now. And, you know, even just coming into this room and tonight, just seeing and feeling that worship, there's an energy in here, that energy and that presence that you feel, that's Him. Yeah? And God wants to be as real to you as, as you can possibly imagine. So for me... Um, God speaks to me more through, uh, I guess, a prophetic sort of message, a prophetic sort of uh, insight. I see things about places. And when Pastor Dexter asked me to come and speak to your church, I was like, oh, man, it's Christmas. That's what I did. That's what I really did. Okay, I went, it's Christmas. Lord, I just want to have the day off. I mean, Pastor Dexter's birthday, I want to have a birthday. It's not even my birthday, but I just want to relax. You know, because I've been partied out on Christmas. I've got hams coming out of my fridge. It's crazy. Put on 20 kilos just in three days. But when, when, um, when he asked me, I went to the Lord and just said, Lord, if there's anything, if you want me to go, I'll go. And the moment he, I said that, he began to speak to me. And one of the things that I felt him share, or a, lot, a few things that he, I felt him share with me, I want to share with you tonight and encourage you as a church community. So if you're new here, uh, this is a great place to be. So stay around. Yeah, but Pastor Dexter believed that. I said, if, I said, if you're new here, it's a great place to be. <laughs> hello, hello. Okay, so, you know, what I, what I really felt was God was saying this, is to you as a house, as Oikos Church, and even to the mother church who may be coming in, is this, is that he is getting ready to update this church. He's getting ready to do a system update. And you know, when you do a system update, things have to change. Look at your neighbor and say, change. Say, look at your neighbor and say, you need to change. Okay. So here is Joshua. Here's Joshua. Uh, You know, you've got to think about it through some, uh, you know, sometimes we get a bit romantic with Scripture. We've got to think about it through this lens. Joshua's just taken over from Moses. Now, Moses is a pretty big character in Scripture, and he's a pretty, pretty big guy, and he's got pretty big shoes to fill. Does anyone know that story? Yeah, it's one of the main arcs in Scripture. And here's Joshua. Joshua's got to take over from this guy. 
And that's, that's pretty intimidating. But it's interesting when you start looking through the life of Joshua. And I actually feel like I want to encourage Pastor Dexter and those of you who are leaders and even you as a community to live a little bit in the book of Joshua. Because I feel like what the title of my message tonight is Crossing Over. And that's what I really feel God's wanting you as a church community to begin to do is to cross over. And so can I talk to you as family tonight? Yeah, because yeah, I know that's, that's part of your mandate. That's part of your calling. And we are all part of the same church. Yeah, whether I'm in here or not, to me, I already feel like family, uh, partly because there's some brown people in the room and I feel blessed by that. Uh, but, you know, you know, predominantly, you know, no judgment on the white people. My, my daughter would be loving it right now. So she calls you Caucasian Asians. It's beautiful. Hallelujah. Um, so Joshua, it says, Joshua, be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous. Joshua chapter 1, verse 7 and 9. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you'll be successful in everything you do. Everybody say everything. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We heard it before. There's three times. He's encouraging. There's three three and three times God says to him, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. If there's ever a time for courage, it's now. Yeah? We live in a, I work in a spy, actually work in education. So I work in a, in a, um, a Christian organization that was started as a not-for-profit out of our church community called Alter One. Alter One actually helps to um, service and bless uh, thousands of young people across Western Australia and over East now, and we're starting to expand nationally. And, you know, mental health is a major thing, a major thing in our world today. Depression is at a high. Anxiety is at a high. How many of you have ever been hit by that? Show me your hands. It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay not okay. And God wants to put courage in us. We are called to be light and salt to the world that we live in, and it's pretty hard to be that when we ourselves are going through some stuff. And so the first instruction God wants to give you as a house and as a young people is be strong and courageous. Yeah? Be strong and courageous. Look at your neighbor and say, be strong and courageous. And if they look sleepy, just slap them one extra one and say, come on, be strong and courageous. See, when you're going somewhere you've never been before, you need courage. You need it. And, you know, if you go further in to the, the, the text in chapter 3, it talks about how they, they start to make their way from where they are. The Jewish people, Joshua, leads them over the Jordan and there's a crossing over and he says to them in, in, in Joshua chapter 3, verse 1 to 5, if you want to go there really quick, it says, Early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites left the Casia Grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River where they camped before crossing. Three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp, giving these instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, your God, move out from your positions and follow them. Since you have never been or traveled this way before, and they will guide you. Stay about half a mile behind them, keeping a clear distance between you and the ark. Make sure you don't come any closer. And then Joshua told the people, purify yourselves or set yourselves apart for tomorrow. The Lord will do great wonders among you. Um, where 
God is taking this community is somewhere very unique and something very special. And every church I go into, there's a blueprint that God has assigned to it for a specific purpose and a specific mandate. And while we are one kingdom and one church, God specifically gives assignments to his people because the church is this. The church is not this, this building. You're the church. Look at your neighbor and say, you're the church. So don't throw, don't throw stones at the church because really what you're going to get is a rock in the head because you're really throwing it at yourself. You know, but God's wanting you to cross over into something different, something new. And I, I said to Pastor Dexter, one of the other words that I got about this, this church is that there is a time coming of consolidation, and it's funny because he was sharing with me a little bit of what's happening with, with the, the larger, larger mothership, the alien ship in the city. I like that, it's Star Trekky, you know, Star Wars. Um, <clears throat> but there's a consolidation that's taking place in this in this church, okay? And consolidation is not always easy, but it's necessary in order to move forward. And that's one thing I want you to think about as God is changing and transforming and developing things here at Oikos Church with the, with the bigger mothership. As things start to consolidate, don't get shaky. Be strong. Be courageous. That's the time. Yeah? I feel like I'm here, I guess, in some ways, I guess, as a, as a, as a, as a leader to, to walk to, and a family, as a father, to just encourage you tonight. Yeah? Just look at your neighbor and say, it's going to be okay. I mean, it might not, but no, no, it is, it, it is going to be okay. It's going to be okay. See, our, you know, one of the things is we, we, we me and my wife, um, we're talking about uncertainty, you know, but uncertainty is often the doorway to fresh opportunity and growth in our lives. Some of you are in the middle of uncertain things in your lives right now. You don't know how things are going to turn out for 2020. Some, I mean, some, we're not sure. We're not sure what's going on, maybe with our jobs or our relationships or all sorts of other spaces. But uncertainty isn't a bad thing. You know, if you didn't have uncertainty in your life, you wouldn't need faith. Hello? Yeah? You will need faith. Faith is the, faith is the anchor of hope. Yeah, it's, it, or it's, it's the thing that energizes our hope. We, if you don't have uncertainty, you've got nothing to believe for. Look, come on, Christian, I'm going to help you now. Listen, the only way your faith is ever going to grow is if you put yourself in arenas where it can. If you keep living in comfort, I said this to a bunch of other people in another church recently, I said, your comfort is killing you. Yeah? Because what it does is it imprisons you into a place of, of security and God is trying to get faith into you, but he can't do any of that with you because you, you're so used to your comfort, want to hold on to your comfort. Listen, where I go in the, in the places in India and Uganda, they are dying for their faith. They don't come and sit in air-conditioned business, um, buildings and get to just do this with, without any persecution. Hello? Hello, I didn't come to impress you tonight. I just came to, to, to provoke you as a church. There's a lot at stake when it comes to you and I living out our faith in our context. And God's wanting to challenge us tonight, and I believe, and I'm speaking this to me, that don't be afraid of uncertainty. As God's consolidating things, don't be afraid. Yeah? Look at your neighbor and say, don't be afraid. 
So there's been a there's been a preparation that's been taking place. This whole year for you guys has been a preparation. Yeah? Preparation of what's to come. And uh, what I felt God saying is, first of all, if you're a leader in here, watch out for ego. Men have issues with ego. Don't look at your husband or, you know, ladies. But we get a little bit proud. Can the men say amen, please? Okay, don't look at me all stone-faced and lying. Yeah, you, we know you got the ego. Don't tell me what to do, woman. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we all got ego, but an ego is something that, it, if you want to say it like this, if a biblical term, if you want it like that, pride. Don't let pride get into your heart when it comes to consolidation. Consolidation and the change that's happening, one of the things that stops us from actually adapting to what God's doing is pride. Spiritual pride, because we think we know better. You know who was like that? The Pharisees in the New Testament. They were so full of religious pride. They were so prideful about their laws and keeping their laws that when the Son of God manifested himself right in their midst, they couldn't even see him because their pride made them blind. Hello? Don't let pride get in the way of what God's trying to do in you as a community. Go with God. Don't resist God. The Bible says God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Look at your neighbor and say, be humble. Is this helping you? Is this helping you tonight? Okay. I don't even know how much time I got, but let's just keep going. Okay. I see um, what I saw is I felt like God weaving the core of this leadership together to build together. And when I say leadership, I actually feel like the people that are in this room tonight, that many of you are actually already getting prepared for leadership. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a leader. Hello, come on. I love leaders. Listen, you know what? There's enough of you in the room right now to change a lot in this city. Yeah? Some people don't think they're a leader because they're not the person at the front. You don't need to be the person at the front to be a leader. Yeah? There's, you got, I believe that there's a spirit of leadership in this house, in this church, and on you guys right now, in this room right now. Those of you are in the room. I'm telling you right now, some of you have got a calling of leadership on your life and you don't even realize it. And do not hold back. I feel like God's prompting my heart right now. Do not hold back your hand from stretching it out to be a part of leading, thinking that you don't have anything to offer. One of the things that God said to me 20 years ago, he said, Mark, I'm going to make you a catalyst for the gifts of my Holy Spirit in other people. And so I'm here to be a catalyst to you tonight to say to you that those of you who are in this room, you have got leadership in you and the Spirit of God is actually wanting to call leadership out of you. Can I get an amen for that? Okay, I'm not saying that you're necessarily going to be the pastor of the church, but every single one of you have a capacity to lead because where God's taking this church is massive. Don't get deceived by what you see with your eyes. Remember, I'm an outsider coming in. I'm looking, but I'm not looking with my natural eyes. I'm looking, I feel, with the eyes of God because that's what I'm called to do. And this place is too small for you. For, I mean, it's easy to sort of see that. But the reality is, is that it's going to become bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's going to demand leadership. And it's going to demand a capacity to change. Look at your name and say, oh, this is good. Whoo, come on. So the leadership to build together, leadership to fight together, and leadership to dream together. Okay? It ain't all on Dexter. Okay? As good looking as he is. It's not all on the people at the front. It's on all of us. Look at your neighbor and say, it's on all of us. 
okay? Just on all of us. So the other thing I saw is that, that this is going to be a training and ascending center. And it's, going to, it's not only going to be um, uh, back going to Indonesia. I feel like you're going to go, you are, I think that's already going on from what I understand. I mean, I don't know, but I think that's happening. If it's not happening, it will happen. And the other thing that I really sense the Holy Spirit saying is that it's not only to Indonesia, but it's also going to be out into the world on a larger scale. Other nations are going to want, and some of you are going to go to other countries as representatives of this house. You watch. It's not going to happen tomorrow. Yeah, but I, I promise you, I really believe God's got a nationwide vision for this church. Can I get a Christian Pentecostal black amen? Yes. Woo-hoo. Sorry, you got to go to a, you got to go to one of those churches. <laughs> um, you guys are changing already. Um, but to business and marketplace, even there's a there's a spirit and a grace I think on this church for business and marketplace leadership and Christian leaders speaking into it. You know, one of the things that the enemy has robbed from the church today is a mindset of the kingdom, and the kingdom of God is not found on Sunday morning or Sunday night. It's actually found on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, because the kingdom of God lives in you. Wherever you go, the kingdom goes. And when you become kingdom-orientated people, what starts to happen and you realize that being a lawyer or a doctor or a professional out in the marketplace or in the business world, if you realize that you're a representative of the king. I've had people in educational meetings, high-up directors sitting in front of me to going into a corporate meeting, going to meet for breakfast, to have a business meeting. And all I said to the Holy Spirit prior to going in was, Holy Spirit, if you want to say anything, if you want this conversation to go anywhere, you do something. I'm sitting down. I haven't said anything. Hey, how are you? That's the first thing I said. The guy in front of me starts to pour out. This is a 45-year-old man, starts to pour out his soul and starts to sob and sob. And I haven't said anything about Jesus. And he just looks at me and says, can you please help me find my faith again? Do you think that Jesus is interested in reaching people? He is. He loves people. Yeah, he loves people. And the kingdom of God... You know, this, there's only so much we can do in here, but when we're out with people, you can be salt and light for people. And so that training and sending center, I'm just going to put that there. God gives us the Lego box with the picture on it, but it comes out in pieces. Anybody like Lego? God bless you. I hate, I hate Lego. <laughs> Yeah, God gives us the Lego box with the picture on it, but it comes out in pieces. So the vision and the purpose of this church and your life individually, God doesn't give it to you all wrapped and ready. He gives it to you with the picture and the pieces, and he says, now build it. I'll help you, but you have to partner with me. Look at your neighbor and say, partner with God. All right, I've got to hurry up. <clears throat> I have no idea. Dexter, you better tell me to just kick me off, man, because I won't know what's going on on time. I'm not even looking. Uh, here's some things. So consolidation, I said before, God instructs Joshua, discard the old. Joshua 1, it says, my, my, Moses, sir, my servant Moses is dead. How, man, that's so harsh. It's like, man, he just, he just died, Lord. It's like, no, he's dead. And he says, now, now you go and lead these people. You know, sometimes we can get caught up with yesterday. We get, we get so attached to our past, we can't step into our future. Hello, I don't know who I'm talking to tonight. 
don't get so caught up in what was happening yesterday or even now that you're not going to step into tomorrow. God wants to break the paradigms of yesterday. You know, there's so much innovation for the church ahead. Yeah, so much, so much. You watch. So he's, he, he, he loves Moses, but he challenges Joshua to say, hey, look, you have to lead with your own skin. You've got you to work it out. And so God's going to consolidate things, but, and it's not disrespecting what has gone before. But it is going to, as I said before, require a paradigm shift of the way things are going to work. I guarantee you, Dexter's leadership is going to get under some of your skin. He's a nice guy. Yeah, but all change. And some of you are going to get under each other's skin. What does Jesus say to us to do? Love one another as I've loved you. Yeah. Recognizing what God is doing and using how he's using each of us is really, really important. Dexter won't get under your skin. He's probably going to be great, but I probably would if I was here long enough. Um, I might already be doing that. But so just consolidation. Second thing I really feel like, so there's a kind of consolidation that's going to be happening. There's a spirit of collaboration that God is going to birth in this place. It's already here. It's already here in its embryo, but I feel like it's going to grow. Okay, Particularly one of the biggest things that I see in a millennial generation is this, this heart to work together. They're fed up of all the rubbish in the church for sure. Hello. Can I get an amen from the millennials? Father, which is pretty much all of you. Amen. I see you all texting, looking at your phone screen. It's like, look at me. No, like, there's a collaboration that's going to go on. People, people are going to enter your story. All right. I believe people are going to enter the story of Oikos that aren't yet in your life. Okay. They're coming. And they're not the people that you'd expect God to use either. If you actually look through the story of Joshua, you see the, the story of Rahab. So Rahab is a prostitute hanging out in Jericho and the two Israelite spies, I'm sort of paraphrasing because of time, they go into to spy out Jericho to see what's going on and Rahab, who's the prostitute, comes into those two guys' story and welcomes them into her home, hides them from the would-be authorities in Jericho and says to them, I know God is with you. Can you guys please promise that you'll redeem me and rescue me You know, if anything goes on or when the city is destroyed? There's going to be people that are going to come into this church that they don't look the same way, they don't think the same way, they don't act the same way. Can I ask you this question? Will you welcome them? Will you collaborate with them? They may not even believe what you believe. That's a shocker. Hey, can you sit with people that don't necessarily agree with any of your values or your beliefs and yet they're reaching out to you? I do it all the time. And it's then what happens is I become a student at the table with them and I can be curious with them and I can have the conversations with them about God because I'm modeling what it looks like to be Jesus. Who did Jesus hang out with the most? Yeah, who? Sinners. People that didn't sort of fit the bill. People that didn't fit into the picture. And it's interesting if you go right, follow all the way through the New Testament, Rahab's name is mentioned in Jesus' lineage. He didn't cut her out of the story. 
So God is going to cause collaboration to take place in here. We are created, Rick Warren says, we are created for community, fashioned for fellowship, and formed for a family. And none of us can fulfill God's purposes by ourselves. Look at your neighbor and say, I can't do it without you. Oh, that was so cute and beautiful and lovely. Um, all right, so you can't, we can't, none of us can fulfill the purposes of God without each other. And you're not going to fulfill the thing God's wanting you to do without being a, being a house that is collaborative in your approach. Yeah? And I mean all the community around you is waiting for you. Hey? The last thing, just quickly, is courage. You know, the Bible talks about, if you go through the story, it talks about an angel of God appearing to Joshua, says, I'm the commander of the Lord's host. And Joshua says, what should I do? And he basically says, just shut up and lie down, bro. We're going to work it out. The presence of God is so critical to courage. Yeah. When you have the presence of God, you may, know not, you may not know everything about the details, but the presence of God is the premium commodity, even though I don't like using that word. His presence, when his presence is with us, courage will come with you. I am courageous as when I know he's here. And you know what the beautiful thing is? He's always here. Hello. You can have courage in the midst of the darkest places of your life because the presence of God is always with you. Always. He never leaves you. Never forsakes you. I will be with you always, Jesus said, even to the ends of the earth. So victory is not found in common methods but uncommon ones. They walk around, the, you've heard the story for some of you, Joshua is instructed to tell the priest to walk around this big locked up, it says the city is tightly shut up, walk around the city seven times. What a weird thing to do. Like the priest, so he's like walking around, it's like Dexter and a couple of leaders all walking around the city of Perth and just, you know, and playing, and they play their trumpets. That's what they do. And then it says at the end of it, shout. That seems crazy. What's that going to do? God will and often does use uncommon methods and it takes, you know what, when God instructs you to do something uncommon, and Dexter, I encourage you as well, when he tells you to do something that's out of the, out of the box or doesn't fit the grid, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to do it. Let me quickly share a story with you when i was in uganda okay i i went because i like i don't even know why i just said yes so you know cut a long story short god gets us over there it's awesome great stuff i'm i'm in a meeting i'm going to preach in a church uh african church and then the gentleman who was having me said oh you're going to go on the radio in the morning now i didn't know any about this i just they told me in the morning you're going to go on the radio i said okay cool i just said yes the other lady who was with me, she goes, oh, no, I don't feel the Lord's leading me to do that. I thought, okay. Not sure why you're here, but hey. Um, <laughs> went to the meeting. I went to the, the radio station. It literally looks smaller than a room. Like, it looks like that room in there, and it smells a little bit musky. And it's a little bit cray-cray in that room, and the equipment is pretty archaic. And there's three um, Ugandan gentlemen that are sitting there and they invite us in and they say, you can speak for about 25 minutes. We just want you to speak about the Father, Heart of God. And so, okay, cool. And I thought that it's going to go to about this many people. 
I asked them after, I said, how many people is that going to go to? On average, he goes, about 10 million. So in 25 minutes, I spoke to more people than I ever spoke to in my whole life. They never saw me. They never knew my name, but they heard what I said. 10 million people, a third of the nation of Uganda. I've gone back twice now. My point is, is that God can use uncommon things. Don't, don't, don't discount your yes. Your yes is powerful to God. Yeah? And it can honestly seem like nothing at all. So courage is really important to step into the stuff that God wants you to do. Uh, it takes courage to face the crossover into his promises. It takes courage to face the Jerichos that are in front of you right now. Look at your neighbour and say, it takes courage. Just really quickly, there's six types of courage I want to sort of put forward to you. Some of you would have heard of the first one, which is that physical courage. You know, we put ourselves in the threat of danger. You know, I'm going to die. You know, you're fighting and you can physically can die. Okay, there's that. There's that. But there's also other types of courage. So here's, here's six of them. So there's, there's social courage. Yeah. The willingness to be vulnerable, to put yourself out there. To try. The fear of embarrassment. Yeah? Some people aren't even willing to do that. Do you have social courage? You need emotional courage. That means I can, I can, I, I'm, I've got, an, I'm, I'm willing to be present with my emotions. I'm willing to share them. I'm willing to be transparent. There's moral courage. That means standing up for what's right. Intellectual courage. Yeah? Integrity. And then there's spiritual courage. You know, one of the things I thought about is that emotional courage to cross over means not taking stuff with you that you know you need to let go of for the next season ahead. I actually had this picture of people carrying bags of emotions and it's like, where you're going, they ain't fitting on the plane. You can't check those suckers in. They exceed the limit. Yeah? There's no circumstance or situation in your life that's so tightly shut up that God will not give you a key to break through. And it won't come as you think or by relying even on your own might, but as you let God's grace infuse your walk and fill your shout, the walls will break. I'm going to get the music team to come up if they can. That's just the Lord ringing me saying, get off the stage, Mark. <laughs> God, God really wants us as a community, as his church, but also as individuals, as his children, to cross over into all that he's promised in Christ. And, you know, it's as simple as literally just believing in Jesus and believing in what he's done. Do you know that to him, um, you're not deficient. When Jesus, when the Father looks at you, he sees his son, sees his daughter, no deficiencies, completely holy, right in his eyes, that you have peace with him. How good is that? You know that your um, ups and downs and all the crazy stuff of your life which I don't know, but he knows and you know. 
He loves you. God, I, I, somebody said it, it's like God loves me even when I'm stupid because he, he factored my stupidity into the whole deal. And you know, I, I don't want to say anything, but you know, don't look at your neighbor and say anything. Like, just God loves us, loves you, desperately loves you. And over 20 years of being in the church and watching people in Christian faith, one of the saddest things I see is, a, is, a, is so many people don't really fully believe that he really does love them tremendously, more than you can possibly imagine. So would you just stand with me tonight and let me pray with you as a family? And um, can I ask you to do something courageous and maybe just lift up your hands to the Lord? And, and, you know, even if you don't feel like it, just would you do that? Father, I'm just so grateful for this beautiful and precious community of people. Father, I thank you for Oikos Church. I thank you for this group of incredible young and, and, and older leaders that are here tonight, Father. I thank you for consolidation that is taking place. Father, that they would have the courage to change. Father, I thank you for a spirit and a heart to be collaborative in their mindset as a community with one another and with the wider community around them. Father, I thank you for a spirit of courage a spirit of courage that comes from your presence to go into every single heart that is in this room right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for the Jerichos, the, the, the shut up places that have been difficult. I ask, Father, that breakthrough would come and that a shout of your heart would fill their hearts for 2020. And that 2020, God, would be a year of full release in this church and in the lives of the people that are here. You know, I just, got, I just want to put this out there for somebody. I had this sense while I was sitting at home praying that there's somebody that might be here. And this may resonate with a few of you that... It's like I felt like God saying, I want to bring fresh healing into your life. That there's, there's been a grieving and a heavy heartedness, almost like something or someone has passed. And you've actually come tonight intently seeking the Lord's promise for your heart. And He wants you to know that you're precious to Him. And here's the word that I felt God say to whoever that person might be. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. And the Bible verse that I got was from Isaiah 61. And he says, to those who grieve and are mourning in Zion, I'll give you a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. And you will be called an oak of righteousness, a planting of the Lord to display His glory. And so if you are in here, just as our hands are lifted up, Father, I just bless that person or those individuals that maybe are feeling this grief or this sense of of things that have been difficult. Lord, I just thank you right now, right now, Lord, that the spirit of grief and despair break over people, break over those individuals, God. 
and let them step into a new day and a new sense of wonder and strength and energy of your spirit in Jesus' name. Come on, can we begin to shout and give God some praise in here right now? Come on, you begin to praise Him. You begin to worship Him. You begin to bless Him. We bless you tonight, Lord. We magnify you in Jesus' name.